Welcome to FAIR Podcasts. On this episode, we're breaking down important immigration issues and examining each component. Right here on FAIR Podcasts, issue analysis. Let's start the show. Hello and welcome to another FAIR Podcast. This is Carl Filippini with FAIR. And we're at Hold Their Feet to the Fire for a special podcast edition. I'm joined by Richard Valdemar. He is formerly with the city or county of Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. And he is, uh, he's been working on the gang issue for a very long time. And he'd like to share some thoughts with us. Welcome, Richard. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, you've, you've worked in L.A. County for a long time. And, you know, illegal immigration is not a new problem there. Uh, <laughs> no. Not, not at all. <laughs> not by a long shot. Uh, and, you know, one of the reasons you came here today, uh, I think, is to talk about, you know, the nexus between illegal immigration and the gang problem. So is there, you know, how how has that changed over time? Is it pretty much a constant flow of illegal immigration that kind of, you know, re- reinforces gang culture, rebuilds them as you, you know, tear them down? Yes. Uh, we have a long history of gangs in Los Angeles. Uh, early first gang was uh, Alpine Street Gang in 1909. Uh we have records, you know, in our co- in our uh, co- colleges of social interaction with these gangs way back in 1911. Anyway, that was bad enough. But what happens is the uh, immigrants come into these communities and they get indoctrinated in the gang lifestyle and culture, and uh, it's changed from. Uh, at one time, the Hispanic gangs in Los Angeles required that you be a American citizen. Now. Uh, our biggest gangs, the Maricelva Trucha, which is MS-13, mm-hmm. the uh, 18th Street Gang, mm-hmm. and the Florence 13 Gang are primarily composed of uh, illegal immigrants. In fact, one person in 10 in Los Angeles is an illegal immigrant. And California is, I think, viewed as the, as the hot spot of gang activity and this nexus between illegal immigration and gangs. But... It's not just California, is it? I mean, you know, how does how does what happens in California affect the rest of the country? Yeah, the cancer that began in uh, in California spreads across the nation. Uh, when we deported the Mar Salvatrucha early membership uh, back into El Salvador, they came back on the other side of the continent and, and established themselves in the Washington D.C. area. So we have. Uh, two centers, uh, Los Angeles and Washington, D.C., with a hierarchy now of most of the members' uh, leadership of the Mara Salvatrucha MS-13 in El Salvador. And and that's, you know, and that's put uh, a problem here, and I think people in the, in the even in Washington, D.C., kind of discounted, but there was a recent case where this girl was beheaded by the, by the Maras here um, in Virginia, and it's, there's really a lot of shocking gang violence that I think just... Yes. People don't know how to deal with it. Yeah, some of the, some of that can be attributed to the fact that East Coast gangs are very different than West Coast gangs. Uh, East Coast gangs have a corporate, have a corporate structure, a president, vice mm-hmm. president. And so your gang programs on the East Coast have been effective. In the West Coast, we don't have that kind of structure. We have a coalition of cells. Um, we, they call cliques. So there's a charismatic leader in each one of these little cells, very much like a terrorist organization. Mm. So to dismantle these organizations is very difficult as opposed to the ones that have uh, structure and a constitution and that type of thing. So the Mara Salvatrucha is operating on a West Coast gang structure in the East Coast. Mm -hmm. And so the police here are having a a big problem. But they're not just here on the East Coast and West Coast. They're throughout the United States now. In fact, the three gangs that I mentioned, F. 
13, MS-13, and 18th Street are transnational gangs, and they're found in many other countries. And, you know, one thing that underlies and, you know, makes it difficult to deal, I think, with the gang problem are sanctuary policies. You know, Los Angeles, city of Los Angeles, has something called Special Order 40, which has been in effect for a long time, um, for city police. Um, but I know that the, that the sanctuary policies are hot topic in California and around the country. So uh, as, a, as a former member of law enforcement, uh, what, what difficulties are presented when you're trying to fight gangs by these sanctuary policies? Yeah, the Special Order 40, which applied to LAPD, was the uh, a rule that said that they couldn't ask uh, the immigration status of any anybody they came in contact with. Uh, that's a bad policy. But one-third of our population in our jail system, which is about 20,000, is made up of illegal aliens, and the illegal aliens are not there because of their status immigration-wise, but because mm-hmm. they commit other crimes. Okay. Uh, sheriffs and police uh, uh, chiefs who work in these sanctuary cities and refuse to enforce immigration laws are, are uh, derelict in their duties and should be removed. All of these uh, appointed and elected officials swore an oath to the Constitution and to uh, to obey the law, and mm-hmm. that's not obeying the law. Any honest and ethical man doesn't pick and choose which laws he wishes to enforce or or obey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know when you have a sanctuary policy, I mean the other thing is that it uh, it creates a climate where. Uh, people know that the law isn't going to be enforced against them in the same way because they know, um, hey, I can get away with stuff that maybe if I were a citizen, I might actually be going to jail for. We see this people get pled down on, on the sentencing. Uh, they don't get charged as heavily sometimes. Um, you know, it's, it's not just the sanctuary policy. In other words, it's not just dealing with the actual police work, but it's also the prosecutors. It's also the whole climate, isn't it? Absolutely. Uh, there's even policies uh, in place in California where we're not allowed mm-hmm. to tow their vehicles when they're, you know, driving without a license or insurance mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing, which you and I as citizens, of course, that we, we'd get our car towed. Yeah. Uh, that type of thing has gone uh, across the state. And you're right. And, and before judges and, and uh, while prosecutors uh, will make these deals, uh, and so they know that they have this uh, getaway-free uh, card. I call him a uh, government-protected criminal class. Yeah. Is uh, is there what what advice would you have um, for the you know the law enforcement out there who are st- you know still dealing with this on a day-to-day basis? Um, like how they can deal with illegal illegal immigration, how they can try and protect their communities. You know, from your experience, you've been working in Los Angeles County trying to do the same thing. Well, you know what got me involved? Uh, some crazy decisions by the California Supreme Court, Rose mm-hmm. Byrd. Uh, and it politically motivated me to get out there and petition and, and do things to try to change the, the uh, California under Governor Brown originally, uh, crazy laws. And we did. We were successful after that. We did get rid of Rose Burden and the Supremes. Yeah. And then we, we did throw uh, Jerry Moonbeam Brown out. Uh, but th- we have a different generation. This generation doesn't mm-hmm. understand or, uh, or get what happened before. And, uh, you know, there's a revisionist history uh, Mm -hmm. being taught in the media, the general media, and and they make these guys out to be heroes, and really what they are is socialists. So the average person on the street needs to get involved in in, uh, local elections, Mm -hmm. uh, needs to tighten up the laws on on, uh, voting uh, all the way from the dog catcher to, to, you know, uh, the governor. 
Yeah. And and by taking locally the jurisdictions back away from these uh, pro amnesty people, we'll you know regain control of our government. Okay. Well, um, thank you very much for coming by for Feet to the Fire, Richard Valdemar. And uh, we hope, uh, wish you success going forward and trying to get people on board with this movement. We need as many people as we can. Yeah, that's why Feet to the Fire is so important. It gets the news out that you're not going to get from MSNBC and CNN. That's all for this episode of FAIR Podcasts. Be sure to click the subscribe button and head over to fairus.org to contact us through email or Twitter at FAIR Immigration to keep you up to date on the latest immigration update and reports. That's fairus.org.